0: It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. I don't know if you caught last week's podcast, but I just wanted to share the news. My 29-year-old daughter was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer, which is very hard for a parent, especially a parent that's had cancer, to absorb, go through, and feel helpless and hopeless all at the same time. We all as parents want to fix everything that goes wrong for one of our children in their lifetime. And this is just one of those things that I know the only thing I can do is offer advice. And I know that there's a line in that sand that I talk about quite often that I can't step over because she's an adult and I can only tell her so much. But I believe that what she's doing is pulling from my experience not necessarily me as her mom. I think that's the only way for me to win in this kind of situation. Win as in, have her listen. Try to do the things that I did. The things that I know are slam dunks, things that work. So in honor of her, I wanted to rerun my Lemons to Lemonade series. There are six of them, and I'll be airing one today And then another on Friday. And I'll do that every Tuesday and Friday until they're done. There's six of them. The thing that I've told her is, and it's sort of contradictory as to what I'm about to do, but I've said to her, don't listen to what other people say. They mean well, but they say the wrong things 95% of the time. You don't want to hear somebody else's horror story about what they went through. You only want to hear positive things. And, you know, as nice and good and heartfelt as the words, our prayers are with you, are meant to be, sometimes it's not what a cancer patient wants to hear because it's so fatalistic sounding. We know you mean it from the bottom of your heart, or we know it's something that people just say because they don't know what else to say. But the best thing to do when you meet somebody that is a cancer patient or that's going through some traumatic illness is to listen. Just let them talk. And if they ask for advice, offer what you have in your soul, not what you've read in a book, because they can Google and they can read and search and find on their own. They just want to know what you feel. Will you be there to support her or him? (sighs) It is so hard being the parent. It's one thing when we get sick. We hardly even let our kids know that we're feeling symptomatic or not up to par because we don't want to bother them or trouble them or make them worried or get in our way of trying to make ourselves better in the way we know how. And that's the example I set with my daughter. I showed her and the rest of the world. This is what I'm going through. This is how I'm handling it. Thank you for what you've said, but I don't need you to stroke me because I need to do this on my own with strength that I bring from within. And yes, your support is unmeasurable. And I'm sure she'll feel this way too because she's just like me. We butt heads a lot. So I have to tread carefully with this child of mine. But this is a different cancer, a different beast. I had ovarian. She's got breast. She's just gone through all the fertility necessities, giving herself injections, having her ovaries grow to the size of what feel like bowling balls inside. Today, she had the egg retrieval treatment, and wound up with 15 eggs that they're going to freeze. So she now has this little family in a freezer just waiting in case she should need, which was just something that knocked me to my knees when I even heard about it in the first place because me having cancer in my 50s, I never even had to have that conversation. I'd already gone through menopause. So a hysterectomy for me was nothing. But to think about being 29 and not having children, I never saw that one coming. That was such a surprise. She really handled it like a pro. She just got in the ring and did it. That's how badly she wants to be able to have children. She just did it. No questions asked. And now she's about to start the first round of chemo on Friday morning. I booked my flight for Friday so that I could be there with her because originally she had it scheduled for Monday. So I felt I had a little bit of time. I'm catching a 10 o'clock flight, get there by one. And the more I'm talking to her and I realize that the egg retrieval is a little bit earlier than we anticipated, I said to her, why are you waiting for five or six days to begin chemo? We've been waiting all this time to do the fertilization part. Get it done. Get it Friday. Fridays are the best day in a horrible situation like this. And she asked me why. And I said, because when you have a chemo infusion, you normally feel nothing for the first three to four days. If and when you're going to be sick, and not everybody is, you'll feel it on day five, six, seven. So why not enjoy your weekends when you can, even when you go back to work? Allow yourself the knowledge that you're going to have a great weekend because your infusions are on Friday mornings. Well, don't you know, I talked her into it. She saw the reality. She saw the logic behind it. And now I'm going to miss her first infusion because I get there when she finishes. But it's okay. As her mom The maternal part of me is upset that I can't be there to hold her hand and walk her through it, even though I know it's not as big a deal as she's painting in her head. Yes, of course, having cancer is a big deal. Having chemo is huge. It changes your life for the better and sometimes partly for the worse. There are little side effects that you can't escape, but the chore of going through it is really nothing. Nothing hurts you. There's no pain involved. She's already got the port, so she's not going to have to use her veins to find a needle for an IV. And all the different drugs they give you are one at a time for the most part, so she'll probably sleep through it. But just the fact that I'm not there, and I'm the one that talked her into doing this early, it bothers me as the mom. But as a logical woman who has had chemo, and has gone through this and knows not to wait. Because who wants this to grow any more than it can? I feel 100% better that she listened to me and she's doing it. So Friday begins four months of chemo every two weeks, but she feels good, she feels powerful, she feels in control because she has her babies in a Petri dish in a freezer. God bless my child. Honestly. So, having said all of that, I'm going home. Finally, we've been waiting for the date between all the juggling and, and talking with her doctors alongside her on the phone for the last two and a half, three weeks. We're finally at the point where this begins. The chemo begins on Friday. Her sisters, as I mentioned, set up a GoFundMe account for her. All of them. They raised over $8,000 between my Facebook page, their Facebook pages, word of mouth. It's incredible. If you would like to see or offer $5, 10 to her need, let's not forget. This whole fertility procedure is Anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000 that the insurance company doesn't pick up. For what reason? I'll never understand that. But on top of that, a 29-year-old girl who's no longer covered under me with my insurance plan has a $5,000 copay, and then come January, another $5,000. So that's another ten. This is the kind of stuff that shouldn't be weighing on a cancer patient's head. So... My whole family has pitched in and offered this GoFundMe as well to our friends. My son, who's an artist, is having a gallery showing, giving the proceeds to his sister as well in New York. Last Saturday, my three daughters, including her making it four, did a fundraiser outside in front of a store where they had made little candles with the breast cancer symbol Dream catchers that were pink and red, and they raised $650 just sitting outside. One of my daughters recorded a mom and her two little girls that came up to the table where my eldest daughter was sitting, and these two little girls sang her a song. It was too precious. I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. I'm going to post it on my Sugar Mom Facebook page if you'd like to see it. The GoFundMe link is also on my Sugar Mom Facebook page. Oh, it's so overwhelming, and my heart breaks, as yours would too, because we always want to take the bullet for our kids. Sometimes we can, and sometimes it's just too big. It's just too fucking big. Anyway, I wanted to tell you all about that, what's going on, and I'm going to play the first episode of Lemons to Lemonade. Hang tight. It's coming up. And I'm Robin Marshall. You can reach me at RobinMarshallSugarMom at gmail.com. Obviously, you can leave a message here on Sugar Mom on iTunes. Find me on Facebook. Sugar Mom, just type it in. Having you here to be able to talk to is a release for me. So thank you for that. Now here comes the first episode of Lemons to Lemonade. I'm Robin Marshall, and I'm as guilty as everybody else. We always think nothing bad can ever happen to us. And we always feel that when someone around us has something horrific happen to them, that we need to stay further away so that we don't get touched by that. It's like lightning can't strike twice. I'm here to tell you, it can happen to any of us. And I want to share this story with you about what happened to me. A little more than a year and a half ago, I was feeling that something wasn't right within my body. Call it intuition, call it whatever you may. It was enough for me to go to the doctor. I went to my gynecologist and was given some news that changed my life. And I'm lucky to still be here, and I'm also very happy that I was able to share this story that I'm about to tell you with many, many, many people via a blog that I wrote weekly as I went through this experience because It saved quite a few women because it opened their eyes and made them realize, just like me, it can happen to them. And so it began on August 16th, 2014. I wrote, Robin Marshall has cancer. There, I said it. Truth be told, I don't know how easy it's going to be for me to read this. Or talk about this again. So bear with me if I lose it every once in a while, please. I continued. As far as she knows, just like anybody else diagnosed, she could lose her life. Compared to Robin Williams, who chose to take his own. That's about as angry as I'm going to get. Yes, I was diagnosed last week. After several doctor's appointments spanning from months ago, when all was perfectly normal, even though I felt something was wrong, and continued to persist through a battery of tests, this last week ending in D-Day on Friday when the bomb was dropped in my lap, I have stage 3 ovarian cancer and need a hysterectomy. In my brain, I'm thinking, those are all my good parts. How could they turn on me now? It's like I want to have a good talking to within myself. With this news, I shook, as people do when they're in shock. I asked the doctor, who, by the way, is a fast-talking New Yorker from Sloan Kettering, to explain it to me, which she did, and finishing her spiel consisting of medical lingo, tumors, numbers, and parts I didn't even know I had, she asked if I understood. I said, Fuck no. I need to call my girlfriend who's currently a chief radiologist at Sloan Kettering in New York and let you tell her so she can tell me. She continued by drawing me pictures of my insides where I calmly began pushing numbers on my cell phone until Arlene answered. I interrupted the fast-talking doc and said, Here, tell her everything. And she did. I've decided that I've always been forthcoming on Facebook and Twitter and And it's ridiculous for me to continue to hide what I'm facing while at the same time, I'm the last one to look for sympathy. Holy cow, I just released this book called The Diary of a Sugar Mom. I'm already thinking, hmm, if I die, I might sell more books and my kids will be better off. It's just the entrepreneur in me. I can't help it. I wrote that book for two reasons. One, truth. We all need to take a good look in the mirror every lunar eclipse and admit to where we've been and where we want to go. And two, my goal was to show women that at the age of 40 and up, when your kids are leaving and your husband is lackadaisical, your life has just begun. Call it me time. Your kids, husband, parents, friends, and lovers will all survive while you take care of you for a while. I'm trying via this book to offer you the permission you've needed. If you want gym time and your kids need carpooling, tell someone else to do it and stick to your plan. You've given them everything you've got like a sap inside the tree until the bark isn't barking anymore. Run, forest, run. Three. Oh, come on. Y'all know I suck at math. I know I said two, but my hands have trouble keeping up with my mind. So indulge me. Men, if you'd open your mouths and tell your wives exactly what you want sexually and spiritually, you'd be surprised at just how fast you may turn her around. Silence gets you nowhere fast. Here's my message to you all. I've traveled great distances, spiritually as well as in mileage, to protect my family, just like you. Okay, maybe to a bit more of an extreme leaving them behind with their dad because we really needed the money. While I broke out into corporate and writing books in a totally different state and city, but they're safe, and I'm happy they're safe. I go home every two weeks. That's the part that hurts me the most. I'll have to put seeing them on the back burner while I heal if it's in the cards. I'm coming out with this news because it's just me being me. You may have a few questions, and here are a few examples. One, is there anything I can do? Answer, yes. Would you mind having this operation for me so I can continue with my weekend book tour? Two, is it going to hurt? Answer, I don't know. I've never had my insides taken out before. These parts used to make me babies, and now they're just making me trouble. But if I had to guess, it's going to hurt like hell. Three. Are you going to be okay? Answer. How the hell do I know? Ask me in a week. Hopefully I'll be here to answer. Never ask a question that you're not prepared to hear the answer to, especially if it's to me. Just laugh. Thank God quietly when I'm not looking that it wasn't you and deal with me. If I need something, do I seem the type that'd be afraid to ask? You should pray that you stay out of my path right now because I just might ask of you to piss you off or merely to see how you react. Okay, I'm going to get serious for a minute. I've been very proactive medically over the last few months. Girlfriend, when you become symptomatic, it's not you being Hormonal, as your spouse might insist. Trust that you know your own body and follow through. Don't listen to anyone other than you. While in the doctor's office and having just passed my doctor over to my girlfriend on the phone, whom I'm calling Dr. Arlene, they may as well have been speaking in a foreign language as I listened while shaking, wondering where I'd parked my car. Why should that change? I always feel blessed when I find my car. It's the little things. They hung up as I mentally challenged myself, picturing walking in from outside and remembering landmarks because one thing I knew was I needed my car to get the hell away from the immediate situation so I could breathe on my own. I didn't want her looking at me anymore as though I was a victim and she was trying to make sense out of my being assaulted. I asked her, When do you feel I should have this operation done? She answered, Wednesday of next week. I'm booked solid on Thursday and Friday. I thought I'd been in shock only moments ago. But to hear your doctor utter the words next week is mind-blowing. And now comes the part where you'll recognize me again. You ready? I asked her, if we push this to the following Monday... A mere five days later, would it make a difference? She said no. She was only trying to accommodate me because I'd come across like I was in a hurry. And then she asked the question I was afraid she'd ask. Why? Oh, I knew if I told her the truth, she may not take me seriously in the OR. But if I didn't grab those few extra days, I'd lose an opportunity that really mattered to me. Call me crazy. Once again, I told the truth. I have an important trip scheduled that includes a high-powered seminar and two or three interviews for my book. I'd like to get it rolling so my publicist will have something to work with while I'm down for the count. Dead air. I don't have a clue as to why I thought she'd understand, and then she asked the really good question, oh, what's the subject of your book? And what's it called? Can I buy it anywhere? Here's where I felt the injustice and the humor in a single breath as I calmly explained that it's a book about a woman who when faced with an emergency situation regarding the well-being of her children learned about the sugar daddy world and became a sugar baby in order to protect them. Really dead air. She asked, is this a novel? I'm thinking, she's really asking, is this like Fifty Shades? I said, it's Faction. Blank face. When a doctor has a blank face, you know you're in trouble. The conversation continued where I said, so, I'd like to call Arlene back, where she interrupted me saying, what's Faction? Faction. I swear, I almost told her she needed to be the one laying down with her feet up in the stirrups as I continued. It's part fact and part fiction, so really, will the extra days make a difference or not? She looked at me. If looks could kill, I could picture her viewing my surgery as a speed bump in her day. That's what her face registered. Knowing how to deal with egos as well as I do, I turned it around and said, Doctor, the character in the book charged more per hour than you do as a surgeon. She's a smart woman, which is why I chose to write about her. That didn't go over well. Hell, I was going for broke at that point as I continued, and she didn't need a degree to keep her kids safe and sound. Pin drop moment. Whatever. I needed the save at that moment as I asked her, What would you do? If faced with that situation of keeping your children in their home warm, fed, and clean versus living in a shelter, or worse yet, on the street, could you have sex for money? A life-altering moment happened within a few seconds as I saw the light in her eyes turn on. She asked, how do I get a copy of the book? I told her it was available on Amazon or my website. She wrote it down. I think that was the biggest, phew, moment in my life. Instead of my fearing being butchered on the table, I felt she understood me. Yay. I hope. Here's my bottom line with all of you. Please, I just want life to continue as it is. Let us be the friends that we are, but just be aware that I have an agenda. My agenda is to get well. And I know how tough surgery can be, emotionally and physically, especially for a woman who really takes good care of herself. I walk every night, I never eat junk, and I stay in the best shape I can. I worry about bouncing back, the chance of chemo, losing my hair, throwing up. I know they sound like something a spoiled brat might mention, but every once in a while I feel scared. I've worked so hard to get where I am that I just feel tired when I think about what may happen to me and what I've worked so hard to maintain. Spoiled? I don't know. I have girlfriends that have lived through worse. And for God's sake, I just thought of another question you may have. Is ovarian cancer contagious? And if so, can you catch it via sex? Answer. I'd have been dead years ago if this were the case. Hell to the no. It's not contagious. My motive with my book was to brag about this new word I embellished and even had a pending trademark with, sugar mom. It's a woman who lives a life less ordinary. A woman who deserves her own space after raising her kids and even her husband. It's not necessarily sexual, But the word sugar represents all the things she's wanted, but hasn't had the opportunity to experience. So here I am, a sugar mom who just got bitch slapped in the face by a huge hand of reality. I'm assuming I overstepped. (laughs) What else is new? And this is just God's way of putting me back in my place or just slowing my ass down a bit until she can catch up. I get it. I'll be good. Promise. Please, no fake comments. I shared with you because I want you to go to the doctor if you feel something's wrong or out of whack. I want you to look at your significant other and tell them you love them. If I can help change one person, it's worth it. It's always been my formula with everything I tackle, one person at a time. It's medicinal for me. It helps me to thrive. And guess what? I've raised five kids to be just like me. That brings me peace because there's no shutting them up if I should disappear. And if you'd like to talk about this, leave a comment. Any of the podcast platforms you're listening on, let's hear what you've gone through and how you're battling this war. If you'd like to talk to me personally, You can email me at robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Any conversations we have via email are private, period. Just think about this. You already know the ending. I'm alive. (laughs) But I only recorded three years worth of living through ovarian cancer. There's so much more that I plan on adding on. Hopefully, I'll stay alive to throw those in. In the meantime, thank you so much for letting me share this with you, and I hope that it can help you in the long run. Much love to every one of you. Make a difference today while you can. Surgery is tomorrow. XOXO. Let's just roll with it, okay? Love, Robin.